0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to our podcast, Couldn't Make This Up If I tried. I'm La Chancla. And this is Yesi. We're two first-gen Latinas chismeando about mental health and wellness, keeping it lighthearted while keeping, keeping it real. real.
1: We are trying something new. Join us in our new series of Café con las Comadres.
0: this is La Chantla. I'm here and with... Is, oh, sorry. This is like, yes, yeah, see? <laughs> um, so we wanted to introduce this new little series that we're going to try out. Um, we haven't decided yet if it's going to be once a week or bi-weekly, the week that we don't drop an episode, but we'll see. Um, so we're going to call this Cafe Con Las Comadres. Uh, So for this first one, it's going to be very intro. And what we're going to do is I took a poll on my personal Instagram um, on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And it was uh, if what questions, something about what question you had about therapy. Um, What's interesting and I was telling uh, La Yesi is that I've done that a couple of times with uh, questions for Uh, the podcast and I usually get quite a few really good answers and I don't know if it was like the nature of the question and we even tried to tweak it but uh, we didn't get very many but the the ones that we did get were good we just got three three because the one one of my friends asked where it's a good start a good starting point with three (laughs) it is and I think I think we were talking about that right before we started was that Possibly because therapy is so like, I don't feel like people openly want to, want to ask questions. And, um, we briefly touch on this in the, in the episode that's coming up on Friday, but, uh, not everybody does have access to therapy. So even thinking about therapy is, is something that's like, wow, like I'd never considered it. So. Great. Right. We we're gonna do our best to answer these questions, and we're gonna usually try to start these out by asking what is in your olla, in your mug. So Yessi, what do you have in your mug?
1: Um, I have uh, my little mug. First of all, from Oaxaca. Uh, my like I don't know if you guys know, but my mom is from Oaxaca. So um, normally uh, we drink our cafecitos from or uh, tacitas de de Oaxaca or. Or other random tacitas that we have. But this is one of my favorite ones. And I have café con leche. You can never go wrong with café con leche. Never. How about you, Like, What do you have in, in your tacita?
0: Well, this is my festive mug from Target. Um, And I actually tried a recipe that a friend of mine gave me for champurrado using oat milk. And I had never made champurrado before in general. So I would say I didn't do a terrible job. Like, I like it. <laughs> and it's oat milk so that's what's in here for today there you go
1: it looks yummy I'm I'm sure it's yummy and it like it's I think the oat milk adds the little like uh milkiness to it I mean like a little bit thicker yeah. component to it maybe
0: yeah well you know what I actually talked about that I love oat milk um I don't even know how many years it is that I've been drinking oat milk now because you know we talk about like La Panza doesn't love, like, regular milk anymore. <laughs> um, and I've been drinking this specific oat milk for a, a while now and love it. So there you go. You ready to get into some questions? Yes. Yes, I am. All right. right. Here we go. This first one, um, I'm not going to say who they're from, but I'm, I'm sure if whoever asked these questions <laughs> listens to this, well, shout out to you. Um, this first one is, why aren't more people in it? Why is it so hard to convince my male friends to get help?
1: That's a great question. That's an absolutely amazing question. Thank you for asking that. And I think there's just so much stigma around mental health and around therapy. Um, and I'm guessing that why are not enough people in it, meaning that why is there not enough, enough people seeking out therapy, maybe? That's what I
0: kind of got from it too. Okay,
1: Um, and I think part of it, it's accessibility to it. Um, I think a lot of the times, kind of like La Chuck was saying, it's not accessible for a lot of our communities, Uh, Mm -hmm. whether it is because maybe the person may not have insurance or maybe there is insurance, but the copay can be kind of expensive and it is kind of an investment, right? Every time you go in, pay a copay, um, it eventually will add up and it can become like really expensive um, a lot of the times, for a lot of bi- our BIPOC communities, there is not enough uh, therapists that are bilingual, bicultural, or that might identify as BIPOC, or maybe there is uh, another um, what's or there is another thing that you might be seeking, and there's not enough therapists that specialize in that. So I think um, accessibility in general that's one of the reasons uh, why a lot of people are not accessing it. And what was the second part of the question? Sorry.
0: Why can't I convince my male friends to get
1: help? Uh, yes um, well part of it again uh, a lot of it has to do with stigma um, and if we're talking about of communities of color too or BIPOC communities it could be like really hard for males uh, to access services part of it because um, as we know a lot of males are seen as like if you seek out help you're being seen as weak which which we know is not true right but there's still that mentality that's still kind of like in our communities and a lot of people are afraid to reach out for help because uh, a lot of the times they don't know how to do that or like even like get to the point of like there is something happening within me that I feel like I might need help. Um, I think a lot of the times we try to kind of like help ourselves first before we can reach out for help and a lot of the times the things that I keep hearing is like I'll get over it right or if somebody does bring it mm. up to somebody else like people might say like You'll be fine, you know you'll get over it it it's just something that's temporary, so I think if you have a male friend that um, comes to you and tells you that they're feeling a certain way, definitely validate their emotions and their feelings and you don't have to become a therapist for them, but you can help find um help them find resources that may be available for them or just anyone in general but that's a great question
0: that is I think about like talking about therapy with um a few of my male friends in the past and i think it's just a lot of what you're saying is is definitely cultural and i'm not even just talking like uh communities of color but men Mm -hmm. in general right because so much of the time you you are talked to when you have to when you're a man and you have to man up you have to be the man you have to you know so i think what i've noticed or what i've seen is um Sometimes men have a hard time naming their emotions. Um, Mm -hmm. And and when I talk to um, I'm thinking of a specific conversation I had with a friend, a male friend about therapy. He was kind of like, well, why would I, you know, or what do you mean? And then I'm like, I'm not you know, I'm definitely not saying anything is wrong with you because I think that that's the way that they were receiving it. And um, when I started kind of talking about it, like sometimes you need help sorting that out, you know, like whatever it is that's happening. And he was like, oh, I hadn't even ever considered that. So it'll be interesting to see now that we're moving into more of the like uh, recognizing, identifying your feelings, feeling the feeling, dropping it and moving on. How many how many men decide to like reach out? I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm yeah. ready to date. I'm ready to date those men, you know, that are like. <laughs> ready Emotionally available. There you go. <laughs> You're out there. We're ready. <laughs> right. Where are you? Where are you? Yeah. And there's a DM. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next one uh, said, is there a way to tell if a therapist is good or bad on the first session? Oh, that's a great question.
1: Um, I wish there was a magic wand or like, you know, like a therapy meter where you would be like, okay, this is it. Like, this is my person. I think when you go to therapy, the first session, um, a lot of the questions that you will get asked is mostly for them to get to know you and kind of what's the reason that brought you into therapy um i know that the first sessions can be like really really hard for a lot of people because you're disclosing a lot of information and a lot of information very quickly Mm -hmm. um and it may feel like oh my gosh like this person did not understand me at all like they were just like jotting down another notebook or they were like not really validating my experience or whatever it may be um I think the the important thing that I would that I used to tell my clients is that you got to give your therapist at least three uh, three sessions before you can make a decision whether you feel like that person may be a good fit for you or not. Like I said, like the very first meeting is usually a lot of questions about your upbringing uh, kind of like reasons are bringing you to therapy, like things that you're noticing, changes, kind of all those things. And it can feel like really overwhelming. And again, you're putting yourself in a very vulnerable space. So it may feel kind of like immediately where you want to close up and you're like, this person is not the right person for me. Um, but before you make a decision like that, I would say give your therapist like at least uh, three good sessions. And then after that, if you're like, you know what, this person is not it for me. And it's okay for you to say, you know what, I feel like uh, you may not be able to help me uh, the way that I'm hoping you, you can. And your therapist is not going to take offense to it. They're going to respect what you said um, because at the end of the day, you're the client and you're the customer and we are providing a service for you. Um, and we're there for you. They may challenge you and tell you like, okay, is, was there something I said or is there something that made me feel uncomfortable for you? And then you can explore that with your therapist, but um, yeah, I would say like, usually during the first session, you're not going to be able to get much about your therapist. But one of the things that I would recommend, um, is that if you have an opportunity, do your research, uh, you know, like if you are thinking, I'm like, okay, like I want, for example, uh, a therapist that speaks Spanish or a therapist that's bilingual, bicultural, or a therapist that, you know, like, uh, that has knowledge about LGBTQ plus like identities. And I want somebody that can really understand me, like go do the research. You can interview your therapist before you actually go to the therapy session. A lot of them offer like free sessions for like 30 minutes. So you can ask questions and you may not know what questions to ask but you could just show up and be like, hey, this is kind of what I'm seeking. I'm, I'm noticing, for example, I'm like really struggling with sleep or I'm really anxious when like certain situations happen or whatever it may be. And then they can tell you like, oh yeah, I've, I've worked with clients like this before. This is the way that I can help and support you. And then you kind of do like a pre-interview before you actually go into the the first session. So if you could do that, I would highly recommend that.
0: Yeah, I have a little bit of personal I guess uh experience with the whole that specific question about um like knowing or feeling I guess I I was trying to go with my gut feeling when I had my first session with the therapist and it was like the first time I had um professional therapy that wasn't like a school counselor or something um and that was actually just this past May and I didn't feel like I clicked with that uh therapist and and I was like diagnosed immediately at the end of the session, which is what was great. Like I didn't expect it. Um, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it's weird to like, you know, to have that, but I guess I, I didn't give, uh, that therapist like a, uh, a, a full chance. Like I felt like I might have, I just kind of knew, um, for, like the vibes, you know, the vibes weren't there. So, um, I went and I, I looked I, kind of like you were saying before that, I went with a provider outside of like my insurance network, which is, again, like this is where you get into why people don't do it, because you literally have to look, you know, and that's where um, social workers come into into play in a lot of the situations for communities, you know, that don't have ready or access available immediately to therapy is that's where you kind of connect the dots. But even then it's so hard. And I know because I've been in on a lot of those calls where we try to connect a family with like a a therapist, but it somewhere between, because we're like the third party at that point, you know, it falls through the cracks and it's kind of heartbreaking. But, um, so, so sometimes it's like years before somebody gets services, but, um, I would say don't give up. I already, um, found a new therapist that I'm looking to have a session with after the holidays when things maybe aren't as, you know, um busy for people. But that 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 is a great question. And I'm glad that you asked that. I, I feel like our our resident mental health professional did a good job um, answering that question. I learned a lot from you <laughs> answering that question. This one's kind of kind of funny, <laughs> I think it was. But this is the last one that we have. It says, "After how many sessions are we normal again?" <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> That's a great
1: question. Uh, infinite sessions. No I'm kidding. Um, you know, I, I think that kind of depends what your normal is, right? Because my normal is probably not the mm-hmm. same as your normal. I think um, I don't think there is a scale that tells us how normal we are. Um, I think you just, and it might take some people like you know, a few sessions, some people year, some people years, right? I think it's always like a work of progress. And and that's kind of like you should look at a therapy uh, somewhere where I could just continue to work on the things that are coming up for me. Because you may go in for one thing and then once you're done with, like, resolving that issue or learning how to manage that, like, those feelings that may be coming up because of that issue, um, something else may come up, right? So I think it's always, like, in progress. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think one of the things that I would always tell my clients, when you come into a session, don't expect for things to magically change, like in like the la noche a la mañana, right? It's mm-hmm. going to take a while. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of work from you. It's going to take a lot of work from me trying to support you. Um, and there might be times when you're like, you know what, I'm done with therapy. I, I'm, I think I'm good. And then you like quit, like that therapeutic relationship, and something else comes up, and you're like, oh, "I need help again, right?" Um, so I would always say it's always a, a work in progress, and and there is no uh, desire or desirable normal, right? Because I think
0: mm-hmm.
1: normal can be anything you want it to be, um, in your own scale of what normal feels like for you. So it's always a
0: work in progress, I would say. Right, and everyone's like different, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So. How- <laughs> I went one session and was like I'm fixed just I didn't I just didn't feel comfortable going back to that provider but um and it it was just like a learning process even because a lot of people if if it's going to be your first time especially I mean you're gonna you're gonna have uh have a time navigating the system because I feel like a lot of these things they don't make it easy on purpose Mm -hmm. the more that I like have delved into this world or um, I've, I've found that. And so maybe we're going to be here trying to help you all out, you know, uh, every little bit that we can learn and share mm-hmm. uh, because it's, it's always, it's changing always. So it, it could be, you know, different one day or like a year from now. Um, and I totally see the landscape of therapy changing. Um, I kind of have a question for you. <laughs> sure. So if, say somebody doesn't have ready access because we don't have health insurance um what would you suggest as far as like um where to go for like coping skills or to find something that can help um kind of for somebody to Mm self-regulate um
1: I think well, a lot of the things that you could do, it's um, it's a lot of things are free, right? If you mm-hmm. search for things, a lot of things are free. Um, but I'm also like kind of like careful with those things, right? Because like, I mean, there's tons of information out there in regards to like, different practices, right? With like with therapy, there is so many different practices, DBT, CBT, uh, ACT. I mean, when you think about all those things like they can become like really overwhelming and you could simply search like, how do I manage my anxiety on Google, right? And Google will give you thousands of little things to like, try this, try that. I would say um, definitely we all have coping skills, um, sometimes healthy and sometimes unhealthy coping skills, right? Uh, and then we got to look into the things that are already um, in our um, toolkit that we can use to kind of help regulate our emotions. A lot of them could start with meditation, uh, mindfulness, um, exercise, having a healthy diet, uh, going to the doctor, right like for your checkups regularly, um, because a lot of the things that kind of happen with um, with um, our mental health are really related to our physical health as well, right. So if we're able to kind of have a good balance with those things, it could tremendously help with our mental health. And it could be like little things that you could do on your own like, For example, like the relationships that you might have uh, with your family, with your friends, setting healthy boundaries. And what does a healthy boundary look like? Um, That could be like, you know, like tonight, like tonight, for example, I'm not going to go out. I'm just going to stay in and really kind of like focus on what I need to do for myself. Uh, So kind of like the little things that, you know, you could like feasibly do and not say like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, like, I don't know, I'm going to try to do DBT on my own. I mean, there is self-help books that you can go and buy online and they're like written by like this like famous therapist and whatnot um and that's fine if that's something that you feel like might be really helpful for you I would say go for it uh you can journal journal is the simplest thing that you could do but it's also that uh, kind of helps a lot with like figuring out like, okay, like, so for example, on these days I've noticed that my anxiety was like really high or my depression was like really at a low. And then you can start noticing the patterns are kind of like happening within your life that are leading you to feel a certain way. And then you could focus on making those changes. Uh, so it could just be like those simple little things if therapy is not accessible to you right now. And also like it having in mind that a lot of the therapists um, also offer a lot of like sliding skills. and what does that mean is that essentially they'll look into uh, how much you like your like you make, I guess, in a year you could say, and then they'll adjust their quotes or their fees to a smaller fee so you can actually afford like seeing them in therapy. Um, there's a lot of community therapists that do that. Um, I know, for example, in our in well in the county where we work, Washington County. They just opened up in line. Um, so people like who are struggling with COVID um, and because of that, they could just call in. It's free. It's anonymous. You could talk to therapists, kind of talk to them about what's going on with you. And then they also, aside from that the line, they have like therapists that you could go see for free. Um, so like also looking for ways that maybe your community already has access to services that may be free to you or at a low cost. Um, and you know, you could always research those, or if you are going to the doctor or, uh, your doctor can like easily refer you to someone too, that they may know. Cause I know that sometimes counties do have funds to kind of help pay for those things. So always just asking and doing the research. Uh, but that's a great question. Yeah. There's so many ways, so many things you can do to kind of help, uh, regulate those emotions and really kind of teach yourself how to regulate, uh, Yourself when you're feeling a
0: certain way. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate that. That was a, like course. a burning question. <laughs> <Yeah>. Of course. <laughs> do you have anything else to share with us?
1: Um. Well, I would say, like, definitely, if you get a chance to listen to our episode, our upcoming episode, I do share some, um, some pages that uh, I follow as well. Uh, but it, like, they are therapy, like pages created by therapists um, that also kind of help you uh, give you tools, give you information. And that might be a good way to kind of like stay connected and learning more about um, mental health. Um, if that's something that's important to you or you feel like, oh, like I want to share this resource with my friend. So uh, definitely listen to that episode on Friday. We do share some really cool um, information and also great resources.
0: Thank you. Yes. Yeah, thank, thank all of you. you. Yes. If you made it through this video, um, and thank you for having Café Con Las Comadres today. Um, we hope to see you soon in an upcoming episode.
1: Yes. Salud. Salud. Y nos vemos Salud. después. Salud. <laughs>